0: Welcome to the second episode of the Youth Mental Health and Addictions Treatment Network podcast. This is a collaborative project between the IWK Health Centre in Halifax and Capitalize for kids to improve health outcomes for children and families across Canada. Each month we host a webinar featuring a high priority topic in child and adolescent mental health and addictions. Experts will share best practices and answer questions from clinicians across Nova Scotia. The following show is an edited archive of the webinar session, which was tuned into by over 70 clinicians. Our topic for this session is the psychosis continuum. We'll hear from Dr. Sabina Abadie and Laura Carnegie from the IWK Health Center, who will discuss early intervention strategies for youth presenting with psychotic experiences who may be at risk for illness development. They will also review the course of illness of a youth presenting with early signs of psychosis symptoms, including differential diagnosis using a case-based model. It's important to note that practices discussed in this podcast are sensitive and only intended for qualified and trained mental health professionals. This is not intended for parents or caregivers who do not provide professional mental health services. I hope you enjoy our second episode, and I'd love to hear your feedback so we can keep making them better. Leave your comments in iTunes to let us know what you think. Enjoy.
1: My name is Sabina Abadi, and um, I wanted to welcome everyone to the webinar. Uh, Laura and I are very pleased to have been invited by Capitalized for Kids to present on this topic of psychosis in youth and also very pleased that there has been an expressed interest in this topic because it's certainly a passion of ours, uh, so much so that sometimes we're forced to rein it in when we talk about this uh, topic, so I think I should just dive right in um, into our objectives. So what we hope to do today in um, uh, for the short time that we're together is to use a, a case-based model. Uh, to review the course of illness of a youth presenting with early signs of uh, psychosis and with a focus on the need to include a differential diagnosis. We'll talk a bit about early intervention strategies for youth who present with psychotic experiences who may be at risk for further illness development. And we'll hopefully, maybe in the question and answer period as well, emphasize the importance of implementing a model of stage-specific treatment for youth at risk for psychosis. I think when we talk or when we use the word psychosis it's important to take a step back to take a pause because the word psychosis is one I mean I think we can all agree for those of us who work in mental health it's one that truly has been stomped on right it's been thrown against the wall it is fraught with myth misperception and fear and when we look at references in the media historically media literature even today um and, of course, media that kids are exposed to, uh, certainly the true definition of the word is not one that many have a good understanding of. And so what we thought this, uh, for, for today is to um, begin the conversation about psychosis by hearing it directly from someone who has had firsthand experience. And so what I'd like to do is to show a video. Pretty much the thoughts I thought here were people ridiculing me. It was like I was in a room full of people but there would be nobody there psychosis is a brain disease
0: at first he thought he was he was psychic I was afraid all the time of everything
1: it was scary just like asthma is a disease of the lungs diabetes is a disease of the pancreas psychosis is a disease of the brain
0: and can cause people to feel very anxious or irritable or, or act in ways that they normally wouldn't
2: it started off with withdrawing.
0: I always felt scared and followed and thought I was going to be put in jail or sent to Guantanamo Bay.
2: Then I started hearing voices
1: and sometimes they were men's and sometimes they were women's voices. Sometimes they would yell and sometimes they would whisper. Psychosis can cause you to believe things that for others really absolutely don't make sense, but for the person with psychosis feels absolutely real.
0: So it just seems like other people are on their wavelength, can't understand what's going on. And uh, someone that's suffering from psychosis, their friends and family often feel the same way too.
2: I didn't know how to cope with the thoughts that I was having. I didn't understand the emotions that I was feeling. We worried about
1: you know whether she would be able to work, have a family, you know, do all the normal, typical things young adults grow up to do. Uh, it's an illness that's treatable.
0: So it's really important that we identify it early and get people help early.
1: A young person can go to a friend, you know, go to a teacher, go to their family physician, talk about what they're experiencing, and and that's probably the best and easiest way to sort of start that process of getting to the help that they might need.
2: You are not alone, that it is not your fault, and that seeking treatment is only going to make it better, uh, and seeking treatment early is your best chance to uh, recover and recover well.
1: There is help. This will get better eventually. i just like to say to the people with mental illness, I I think they should be proud of their struggle and what they've been through. I remember before, might have seen someone that had mental illness and sort of, and walk
0: away sort of thing, not now.
1: So I think definitely what's important to remember is that the experience of psychosis is a function of a medical condition, or medical disease, so to speak, of the brain. And it's a medical condition that affects, gosh, more than 8% of Canadians at any point in time. And in youth, it's mostly males with an average age of about 17, so they're quite young. And psychosis leads to a serious disturbance in an individual's reality testing, without a doubt, and it makes it hard for them. We often use the term, uh, causes their mind to play tricks on them making it hard for them to distinguish what's real from what's unreal, and that includes their experiences, their thoughts, and their perception of the world around them. So understandably, their their ability to think, perceive, and act reasonably sometimes can be quite impaired. The difficulty is that psychosis, depending on the etiology or the cause of the symptoms or the experiences, can present very differently. Um, in in use particularly um, based on on what they're experiencing. So to help understand this, I'm going to turn it over to Laura who's going to talk a bit about a case. So we have
2: a 15-year-old male that presents new to our clinic with mom. Mom is extremely distressed due to concerns for her son. Uh, She recently had a recent move to Halifax due to a family member being ill. Grade 10 student at a new school with difficulty making friends. Per history, this youth is quite shy, anxious, always worrying that others are judging him. There's been a recent change in his mood and behavior where he's become actually more irritable, on edge, presenting with angry outbursts that seem unprovoked. He's refusing to attend school and has begun isolating from family. He's often seeking reassurance from family about specifically his appearance. Mum feels this is in relation uh, to his uh, recent cannabis use. So at this point I would encourage you folks to start to think a little bit about diagnosis. Um, Sometimes as clinicians we may actually start to question the early onset of a primary psychotic disorder due to the recent change in, in Jason's behavior and decline in functioning, along with his multiple risk factors and recent stressors. So it's important for us today to really clarify what is psychosis, which Sabina can now do.
1: And so interestingly, Jason's case presents, uh, de- presents with details that are very familiar to, to us, um, certainly here, um, and similar details that we see in our referrals. Um, the first step in all cases is determining a clarification of symptoms and not necessarily focusing on diagnosis. We try to emphasize distress, impairment um, caused by the symptoms, remembering that psychosis can arise from many causes. So there are a lot of different neuropsychiatric illnesses that can present with symptoms of psychosis and also many medical illnesses certainly that can present with psychosis as the primary symptom. And indeed, also important to remember for those of us who work with children and adolescents is that depending on the emotional, developmental or intellectual stage that a young person is in, having a psychotic experience, and I say that almost in quotes, having um, an unusual or an unshared experience can actually be quite normal. And familiar to those of us who work with children in terms of imaginative play, um, you know, talking to my imaginary friend, that type of thing. And general population survey studies actually do show that about 15 to 20% of adolescents will report having had a psychotic experience and not go on to develop a psychotic disorder. Only 1% of those kids will actually go on to develop a primary illness like schizophrenia. So, in this population under the age of 18 and certainly under the age of 16, the diagnosis of a primary psychotic disorder is truly one of exclusion, which emphasizes why it's so important to focus on other causes of psychosis, um, particularly medical illnesses, which oftentimes are more common when we finally are able to clarify the etiology. So types of medical illnesses that can present with psychosis include autoimmune illnesses, neuropsychiatric such as epilepsy for example, chromosomal abnormalities, uh, metabolic or endocrine abnormalities, infectious disease that may cause an encephalitis of the brain and one that we commonly see certainly are polypharmacy and certain types of drugs or medicines can lead to the presentation or experience of psychosis in young children. Again, emphasizes the importance of conducting a comprehensive organic workup in any young person, particularly child, who may be presenting with psychotic experiences. If it does turn out that it looks like the etiology is psychiatric, again, important to remember um, that in fact in children and youth, psychotic symptoms are also seen in other types of psychiatric disorders outside of primary psychotic disorders. So, for example, we oftentimes will see young people who are help-seeking for their experiences who ultimately end up having a diagnosis of obsessive-compulsive disorder, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder where they may hear uh, auditory hallucinations reflective of the trauma that they've experienced. For example, seeing kids who are experiencing depression and, uh, for example, hallucinations telling them to self-harm is actually quite common where the underlying illness is actually depression as opposed to a psychotic disorder. And there are many others. So again, reflects the need for diagnostic diligence and a focus on the gestalt, right, of the presentation in front of us, not just interviewing, of course, the child or the youth, but also, as per Jason's case, focusing on collateral information, triggers that might uh, be, have a temporal relationship to the psychotic experience, um, and, and other factors in terms of risk that might help us determine what's going on. So in Jason's case, certainly we need further information.
2: So Jason agrees to be interviewed alone. He's actually quite quiet. He makes poor eye contact with us, but he does answer questions, albeit with minimal detail. He admits to a long history of social anxiety that's since worsened since his recent move to Halifax. He constantly feels as though others are talking about him behind his back and judging him. He tells us in confidence that he's quite frightened because he's recently been hearing voices of people who are not actually there um, saying content that's quite negative, mean, and derogatory in nature calling him names such as Stupid, Ugly, Fat and Worthless. So in Jason's case, there could be multiple clinical diagnoses at this stage. Um, His presentation of psychotic experiences could very much be in keeping with an anxiety disorder or a depressive disorder or it could in fact be a primary psychotic disorder so it's important to keep that on the differential. Sabina is just going to speak to you now just a little bit about some of the review of assessments that we've conducted here at the IWK in terms of kind of clinical diagnoses upon our initial assessments with youth.
1: Well, thanks, Laura. Um, interestingly enough, here at the IWK, we see youth referred to our program who are help seeking, primarily help seeking for a psychotic experience. That's how they um, uh, end up coming to see us. And while one would ex- one would guess that the majority of the young people that we see probably do fall into uh, the category of primary psychotic disorder, in fact, that's certainly not the case. Generally speaking, while we conduct at least one new assessment per week, at minimum, we actually accept between 8 to 11 new cases of psychotic disorder over the course of a year. The majority of the kids that we see present at least 30 percent, if not more, With a diagnosis of an anxiety disorder, oftentimes social anxiety disorder or generalized anxiety disorder. We see a lot of kids with mood disorder, as mentioned before, and and some other diagnoses as well. So, again, important to remember that the differential is quite broad. It emphasizes this, emphasizes the fact that while we certainly have to be vigilant for risk uh, for development of a psychotic disorder. The presentation of a psychotic experience is not inevitably inevitably schizophrenia light, so to speak, and I say that in quotes, Um, but in fact the psychotic experience could be part of a multidimensional early syndrome that could predict a range of potential outcomes. So again, a manifestation of a very different psychiatric etiology. So that's so important because again, if the root of the presentation is not a primary psychotic disorder. The treatment or intervention that one chooses is very different. Um, and we want to reduce harm at all costs for our children and our families, so certainly if somebody truly is presenting and the underlying etiology is an anxiety disorder, we may consider treatment such as cognitive behavioral therapy, antidepressant therapy um, or family therapy uh, among, among others and certainly would not want to veer towards an antipsychotic which would not actually be affected. So again, It reminds us that in doing an assessment for psychotic experiences, we have to acknowledge that the majority of children and youth will fall um, under the larger experience in terms of prevalence. So they will have psychotic experiences that may be reflective of them being a normal variant in terms of general general, uh, population experience. It may be associated with other types of psychiatric manifestations or these may actually be young people who fall uh, under the lower prevalence. Young people with markers of risk for a psychotic disorder, so those include family history, one of the stronger markers of risk for illness, uh, uh, exposure to cannabis, which again in the last 10 to 15 years has been added to the list of potential risk factors for development of a psychotic disorder, living in an urbanized area, signs of, or symptoms of depression and certainly exposure to trauma as being risk factors for development of psychotic disorders. So if it does turn out, that um, it, is it identified that psychosis is probably the symptom of a primary psychiatric illness, the ones that we certainly have concern about, um, why it is important to pay attention in terms of risk factors, are those uh, that fall under the umbrella of psychotic spectrum disorders. The number one there uh, certainly would be schizophrenia, but there are a variety of others uh, including Schizophreniform Disorder, uh, Brief Psychotic Disorder a Stress Related Disorder. Um, and certainly one common one is drug-induced psychotic disorder. So if we turn back to the case of Jason, I think we would all agree that Jason is certainly a youth, as mentioned by Laura earlier, that carries a significant risk for the development of a primary psychotic disorder, which warrants further attention. So with
2: further discussion, Jason actually admits that it's become quite hard for him to ignore the voices. He's having difficulty believing that the voices are not real. He feels others are plotting against him monitoring him over social media as well as from outside of his home. He feels as though he can hear voices through the vents in his bedroom and he uses cannabis because initially this helps to relax him and cope with these symptoms, however he does reluctantly admit that after a few hours of cannabis use his paranoid in fact increases. Um, We also found out from collateral information that his grandmother was admitted to hospital due to a relapse of schizophrenia. She too actually became ill in her adolescent years. So given Jason's paranoid ideation, auditory hallucinations and positive family history, collateral info from mom as well allows us to confirm a diagnosis of early onset schizophrenia in Jason. So with that, we begin the process of treatment for this psychotic disorder. So specifically in males, um, schizophrenia is a major disorder of adolescence. It hits adolescents in their prime, can lead to a disruption in education attainment, career building, employment, it alters relationships, family interactions, support, a sense of self, particularly in these early adult formative years. Um, It influences one's self-esteem and productivity. Some interesting facts and statistics about people living with schizophrenia is that it actually is quite common amongst people in prison and homeless relations. A report from the World Health Organization actually noted that schizophrenia and other forms of psychosis affecting young people rank as the third worldwide uh, most disabling condition. So this information really emphasizes that schizophrenia is an illness that carries significant morbidity and mortality if left untreated. Schizophrenia and psychotic disorders present and can affect four symptom domains. So specifically, we talk about positive symptoms, negative symptoms, cognitive deficits, as well as mood disturbance. So you may be most familiar with kind of positive symptoms that this illness can can affect, so specifically hallucinations. um, We typically tend to see the most common being auditory and visual hallucinations. So a youth that may present with hearing sounds, hearing voices, seeing visual hallucinations such as shadows, colors, figures, auras, other positive symptoms can include delusions, so these fixed beliefs, disorganized and bizarre behavior. If we move to negative symptoms, that can include things such as a lack of energy, motivation, drive, socialization. So particularly with Jason's case, he's kind of isolated uh, from family and friends. can have limited facial expression and reactivity. A youth can also present with a negative symptom such as slowed thoughts or speech, which will be quite visible to those around the youth. Cognitive deficits that youth can present with, in keeping with this illness can be memory deficits, specifically short-term memory. They may have difficulty with focus, concentration, um, attention, and typically with youth and adolescents, collateral from school is so important at this stage because teachers will be able to comment too based on what they're seeing in the classroom or an employer, for example, at work. If we move to the last domain, specifically mood disturbances, Youth may be experiencing things such as anxiety, depression, irritability, change or rapid um, anger or mood swings. Um, So again, we're always looking for that change in behavior from, from the youth. It's important to note that some kids can actually present with one domain of symptoms, while others may actually have symptoms from all four. A lot of effort actually nowadays with regards to the phases of illness is in trying to identify those at risk of developing a psychotic disorder. What we know is that traditionally the duration of untreated psychosis, so youth that are living with psychotic symptoms untreated, has typically been anywhere between two and five years. This number is currently in the process of being reduced to about one year now due to um, early intervention what we know is that the earlier the intervention, the better the outcome for youth. So rational therapy for a psychotic disorder typically is, um, initially we're treating with an antipsychotic medication. That's what it's about at the initial phases of our interaction. But recovery requires much more than that. Inherent in one's recovery is the patient's goals. However, there are challenges to these treatments, including Non-adherence, so specifically to medications. um, Most of our youth struggle with adherence with regards to taking an oral medication every day. So for example, we're moving, in fact, more to long-acting injections that youth can receive and be administered at one one month um, up to every three months. So youth are starting to prefer those methods. Another challenge to treatment can include depression, or risk of suicide. We know that roughly about 25% of people living with this illness may actually go on to have a post-psychotic depression. So it's really, really important to talk with youth about that as well following their, their psychotic episode. Other challenges may include ongoing substance use and excessive stress as well as unrealistic expectations. So how do we predict issues of non-adherence? I just wanted to focus primarily on stigma here as being one of the, the biggest barriers to care, um, be it that a youth may present with interpersonal stigma, so have feelings of shame, guilt, embarrassment about having this illness. They may actually, too, experience uh, stigma from family members and, in fact, healthcare providers while they're in the clinical setting or a hospital type of setting. Another barrier or predictor of non-adherence for us is that lack of insight that can be very much in keeping with with the illness, so that ongoing denial of illness, feeling as though that they're not sick and that they don't need treatment. We did want to include some information about cannabis use due to increased public awareness and kind of the recent legalization. However, we did want to stress with regards to this topic that it truly warrants its own presentation. Um, enough for us to say that um, one of the strongest predictors or risk factors associated with the onset of psychotic illness is cannabis. Here at the IWK as clinicians we really approach that from a harm reduction model. There are many common issues in recovery that you can face. Uh, most commonly um, ones of daily living include that lack of motivation. Um, so that can include that negative symptom piece that I talked to you about before. Youth can really struggle every day with that anhedonia, so really not getting joy out of things that they once enjoyed. Um, that decreased energy, decreased drive. They can also have significant issues in recovery pertaining to establishing relationships, so that separation and independence from family and these formative adult years. Loneliness and separation from social groups. So we run into this quite a bit, in that we see youth who have, for example, perhaps decided to abstain from cannabis use, um, and perhaps as a result of them abstaining from cannabis use, maybe their friends have abandoned them or shamed them or no longer want anything to do with this youth. So that can be very isolating, very, very lonely. And again, what we know is with regards to our youth, peer support is so important at this stage. So really important to check in on that. Another thing that can contribute to recovery as well is, is our youth often struggle with difficulties in re-establing relationships due to that lack of confidence and poor self-esteem at times associated with having maybe the diagnosis of a primary psychotic disorder or schizophrenia. What we know as clinicians and what we see every day is that if we don't offer help in these areas, it can and will lead to relapse. It's so really important to check in. This moves us to psychotherapeutic interventions for for illnesses such as schizophrenia and psychotic disorders. What we do know is that intervention that has the most evidence, research evidence, is family-based therapy and support, family education. Other techniques that we might use in clinic include cognitive behavioral therapy, supportive therapy, so really meeting that youth where they are at this stage of change in their life, minimizing risk and ongoing monitoring. Including family in treatment is absolutely key. And for the sake of this presentation, too, we do want to stress that recovery takes time. It can take years, months, years. It's a continuum of care. It's important to promote a realistic optimism for family and youth living and suffering from this illness. Psychotic disorders are in fact treatable. So about 40 to 60 percent of those living with schizophrenia reach close to a baseline level of functioning. So where they were before they actually got sick. This is much better than once thought. We've included some um, resources that um, you're more than welcome to share with family members um, and clinicians um, that we use daily here in clinic um, and if folks have questions specifically about our services in particular, we're, we're happy to address those now in the question and answer period.
1: So I see one question. Are there certain medications or medication interactions that could lead to psychotic episodes? So while we're sorting out how to turn the volume up, I'll try to speak a bit louder. Um, In answer to this question, in fact, I don't have a very specific uh, answer. There are multiple different types of medications, and particularly with a developing brain in children and youth, um, they're oftentimes much more vulnerable to medication interactions um, or interactions with substances. So uh, it really depends on the children. Uh, Particular medicines that carry risk for development of psychosis, mostly because they interfere with the dopamine system, include stimulants. Uh, and medications that include uh, ephedrine, um, anything that can cause sort of metabolic abnormalities um, or deficiencies secondary to medicines can lead to the psychotic experience. Certainly if you have a child or a young person who already has some type of medical illness, um, uh, and that could include something that we sometimes think uh, is uh, like like asthma, for example. Uh, Being on medicines like steroids can sometimes induce psychotic experiences. So you can see that there's a variety, but it's always important to keep the possibility in mind. Laura, do you want to take that next question?
2: Sure. So, yeah, the next question would be so, kind of, who sees adolescent clients for ongoing family work and support if they're outside of the HRM and the IWK catchment? So, that's a great question um, in the sense that we actually are affiliated with the Nova Scotia Early Psychosis Program on the adult side, um, who work with individuals living with psychotic disorder and schizophrenia from the ages of 19 to, to 35. On that team, um, and through that team, we work quite collaboratively. It, collaboratively because we have a family support worker actually who actually runs kind of family programs and education sessions for family members uh, once they've been accepted into that program. Um, through her as well, we actually go out into communities and around um, the province doing um, family work and support, as well as kind of trained clinicians, um, kind of on our a network that I think Sabina may uh, speak to a little bit better than I can. Yeah. Uh, trained yeah. clinicians about in the psychotic ne- psychosis network that actually can facilitate that type of family work and care as well.
1: And just to add to that, and I think it might address uh, one of the other questions in terms of are there other early psychosis programs in the province and do we work with them? So Laura mentioned um, we do have an early, we're fortunate enough to have an early psychosis intervention network in Nova Scotia um, and members of the network actually are representative of uh, each of the zones in the province and there are nodes within each zone that um, where where we have a connection with clinicians who have expressed interest in this area, particularly with respect to not just child and adolescent, but also uh, adult population. Um, And we communicate collectively, um, all of us in the network, in terms of uh, whether it be around case review, um, guidelines, uh, standards of care, and the hope is uh, over time um, that we'll be able to share not just uh, information, but also data, research, uh, education, all in the interest of capacity building.
2: And that actually, Sabina, too, speaks to one of the questions about are there other programs in the province? So, with regards to that network as well, we have clinicians that are down in the valley, in the South Shore, Um, um That said, there's also early psychosis programs um, in in around kind of Atlantic Canada. So, quite a few actually in New Brunswick. Um, we have some in Montreal, and then actually further out west um, as well. So, we're starting to grow slowly.
1: Good point. Um, I'm just looking at that next question. Could sudden withdrawal from poly substance abuse trigger a long-standing psychotic episode? What time frame would you declare as long-standing? That's a great question. Um, there's certainly more evidence around. Um, Substances specifically cannabis, as opposed to any other substance in cannabis intoxication, cannabis use, not just intoxication, as being a potential trigger of an underlying genetic vulnerability. So you having a family history, genetic vulnerability for developing a psychotic disorder. Um, withdrawal from certain substances can certainly trigger a psychotic episode, but that doesn't necessarily lend itself to ongoing or uh, prolonged psychotic disorder. It really just depends on the individual. We have seen cases, um, without a doubt, of withdrawal from cannabis, for example, leading to psychotic experiences. Most of the time those experiences do resolve, um, but again, you know, it's, it's so hard to determine 100% causality with respect to substance use because there's so many other confounding factors. But without a doubt, withdrawal can be a trigger and a stressor. next question is what assessment tools are used to diagnose psychosis and at what age would you start to do testing? That's a great question as well and maybe Laura and I can sort of tag team that a little bit. Um, there, there are no specific uh, uh, tools, so to speak, or um, scales that we use uh, necessarily in the clinic to determine uh, whether or not somebody meets the criteria for a psychotic disorder. It's very much a clinical diagnosis without a doubt. Um, There have been developed tools to try and identify those who may have markers of clinical risk of developing psychosis, so those who may be um, at ultra-clinical risk for developing psychotic disorder. Um, And and there are questions related uh, in those screeners that we may use in our clinical interview. Um, And certainly there are are screen uh, scales that are used in children and adolescents such as the SCID or the kitty sads that include psychotic symptoms as part of the uh, interview panel. Um, And and certainly I I would say folks should be encouraged to consider using those screens as an augment or in conjunction with a comprehensive psychiatric interview when attempting to identify if somebody has a psychotic disorder. So with respect to age, um, I I don't know that it's that we would recommend or folks would recommend starting that type of testing at any particular age, but rather uh, initiating an assessment uh, based on the clinical presentation. So if somebody is help-seeking for a psychotic experience, as mentioned earlier, um, certainly uh, due to the fact that they're distressed, that they're impaired by their symptoms, that the symptoms have had sufficient duration, we would want to initiate a comprehensive uh, assessment.